On this episode of The Light Show, we're going to talk about WrestleMania, the good, the bad, and the surprising of everything that happened between the beginning of TakeOver, Stand to Deliver, and the end of Monday Night Raw last night. So, strap in. It's going to be a fun ride. Let's let the music play. Welcome everyone to the Delight Show. I am your host, the Monday Night Delight. I am out of practice. I don't do second takes, and this is at least the second take of the opening of this show. But we're here. We're talking WrestleMania week. If I was going to come back, I picked a hell of a week to start watching wrestling every fucking day again. But it's been fun. I've watched a lot of wrestling. I don't think I watched anything on Friday. I did not watch WrestleMania SmackDown. I didn't see the point in it. Uh, But I watched Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, a little bit on Monday. It's Tuesday now, and I'll watch NXT tonight and AEW tomorrow. My God. I guess I can watch Impact on Thursday just to keep the streak going. But God help me, I, I really... Really don't want to. We'll see what happens the rest of this week. But we're going to talk about the top three best moments of WrestleMania. The top three most surprising moments of WrestleMania. And the top three most disappointing moments of WrestleMania week. Now, by that, I mean we're going to include TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, Nights 1 and 2. And WrestleMania, Nights 1 and 2. I'm sure that there was some disappointing stuff on SmackDown WrestleMania night. I did not watch the um I did not watch the entire Hall of Fame. I didn't watch any of it, to be honest. I have watched half of the Jericho on um Stone Cold Sessions or Broken Skull Sessions podcast. It's really good. Um and of course it would be, hey, look, there's the truck. There's the truck that goes by in the opening of every single delight show. Wouldn't be the delight show without a loud ass hillbilly truck passing by. But, you know what, that's just the way it is here on The Delight Show. Uh, Did I introduce myself, Mance, The Monday Night Delight? I think I did, but I've done two takes, so who the hell knows? I am The Monday Night Delight. Uh, Now, just to clear up a little confusion in case you have any, remember, you're getting The Delight Show every single week here with me on Wrestle Addict Radio. But every so often, when something big and special happens, either in wrestling or in our lives, you will hear The Gift of Podcasts hosted by me, Mance, the Monday Night Delight, but also by the Queen Bee themselves, Kay Murphy. So, they'll be back at the next appointed time to steal a phrase from my days as a minister, and we will continue on by ourselves here on The Delight Show. Let's talk about the three most surprising moments of WrestleMania week. Now, to say something is surprising does not mean that it's good. One of these is definitely not good, but it was definitely surprising. So, let's talk about number three. I was surprised extremely to say that Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match was not terrible. Now, it was not good. Let's go ahead and put that out there right now. That match was not good. It was, at best, fine. Braun comes out. He's immediately attacked by uh, Jackson Riker. Why the hell has that man got a job still? Who knows? Uh, and Elias, who is just being squandered and still hasn't had his John Cena match at WrestleMania yet. Um, 
But they gets in the ring. They have a steel cage match. Shane plays heel, tries to run away, tries to escape. Braun stops him. When Braun tries to escape, Elias and Riker keep him out of the cage. They try to keep Shane or try to get cage, try to get Shane out of the cage. Wow. Uh, I, I have worked 23 hours in two days, and so I'm a little little bit loopy, but that's all right. That, that'll be just fine. Um, at one point, Shane gets to the top of the cage where he has stashed a toolbox, and he just wallops Strowman. And if you saw Strowman the next night on Raw, he had a huge black eye. It could be from this. It could be from one of Shane McMahon's potato-ass punches. Who knows what it was? But... He sends Strowman back down to the canvas. He starts to climb out, but he takes a second to reach in and wave goodbye to Braun. Braun pops up, grabs his arm, holds him in place, pulls him to the top of the cage, and Shane McMahon, who I think is in his early 50s? Let's see. He was 47 when he jumped off the cage at The Undertaker. That was at 32. This is 37. Yeah, he's 52 years old. 52 is too old to be flip-diving off of cages onto anything, let alone a wrestling ring. But he did it. That was his crazy spot of the year. Braun did not climb down. He went back into the cage. He hit a move, and he pinned Shane himself. This match was fine, and my expectations were low for this match. So, number three, Shane and Braun not sucking is a pretty good surprise. Surprise number two, Bobby Lashley retained the WWE Championship. Now, we've all been thinking for a while now that they were going to do Drew in the WWE title match again so that he could get his big win in front of a crowd. And yes, there was a crowd. uh, And it was strange, but it was so cool to finally have people back in that arena again. And not just the, you know, three or 400 that AEW lets in. There were thousands of people. Now, to be fair, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a WrestleMania COVID spike coming up in a little bit, but... Yeah, shit happens, I guess, when you when you ignore the laws uh, of disease and nature, like uh, like Vince McMahon does. But there were people there; it was, it was pretty cool. But we all knew that Drew was going to win to get his moment in front of a crowd. Well, Drew and Lashley opened night one. They were the first match back in front of people. People were hot for it, um, and, and they had a good match. They these guys can have a good match. It was it was two. Big beefy men slamming into each other. More on that subject in a little bit. But at the end, Drew has got is all set up for the Claymore. He's in the corner, and MVP goes, "Hey, Drew!" And Drew looks over to the side, and then misses the Claymore. Gets put in the hurt lock and goes unconscious. And Bobby Lashley retains the title. Now I'm okay with. I I love the fact that Bobby Lashley is still the WWE champion. No problems with that whatsoever. It was just surprising that this thing we all knew was going to happen for a year just didn't. I mean, you know, uh, we we were all kind of expecting Drew to be recoronated for third time in a year, but no, Bobby Lashley retains, and yes. On Raw last night, they named Drew McIntyre the number one contender once again, and I assume at WrestleMania Backlash, he will get the title back. And let's talk about that for a second. WWE is milking the hell out of the name WrestleMania right now. They had WrestleMania SmackDown, WrestleMania Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday, Raw after WrestleMania, and the next pay-per-view is WrestleMania Backlash. 
This doesn't uh, just doesn't roll off the tongue. It's backlash. Yes, we knew what backlash was. It it was the Fallout show from WrestleMania. But you're literally having the same main event, and well, I don't like it. But such is life. We'll move on to the next show. And number one most surprising thing in all of WrestleMania was, and I'm sure you all agree, Bad Bunny. I mean, if if you heard the 300th Young Lions perspective last week. I mentioned I have a scale for celebrities in wrestling that bottoms out with Snooki. Uh, and, you know, down there with Snooki are people like Drew Carey. Uh, not David Arquette. David Arquette somewhere in the middle. But at the top was Mr. T because Mr. T was the epitome of a wrestler who got into wrestling, learned, you know, learned just enough to do it and did it well. And then Bad Bunny shows up and redefines the top of my scale. Bad Bunny worked for this match. Bad Bunny did not stand on the corner and wait for the hot tag like a lot of celebrities do. Bad Bunny freaking took the heat from The Miz and Morrison and made the hot tag to Damian Priest. He hit a doomsday crossbody. Not the craziest thing he did. This fool rolled to the outside and hit a Canadian destroyer, a sunset flip pile driver. On John Morrison. And yes, I know that John Morrison did most of that work. And all Bad Bunny really did was hang on. But if you had had to have da- you know, um, uh, Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell do that. Or if you had had Floyd Mayweather do that. Or if you had had Snooki do that. There would have been a fatality. But Bad Bunny made it look easy. Made it look like he knew what the hell he was doing. I was surprised. I was delighted. Um, yeah, Bad Bunny wants to come back and do more shit. I'm okay with it. But apparently he's going on tour with his big truck and his Triple H mic. Uh, if you didn't see it the next night, they did a full-out video send-off for Bad Bunny. Hey, thanks for having a great job. Here's a new microphone. Go have a tour. Uh, they're not coming anywhere around here uh, where I am. The closest place is Chicago. And listen, I like Bad Bunny as a wrestler. It's not my type of music, and I'm not driving to Chicago for it. But if you are around and you want to support this guy, go see this show because I – as much as he put into wrestling in three months, I imagine his show is fantastic. It's just not for me. So go check it out. Uh, that's your three most surprising things. Let's talk about your three most disappointing things on WrestleMania weekend. And one of them pops up last night on Raw. Raw last night was garbage. No major angles. No great returns. They set up Drew versus Lashley again. There was one return. You notice I said no great returns. But the big return on WrestleMania Monday was Charlotte Flair. Wow. She shows up right right before Asuka and Rhea are having a rematch. And, okay, why were they having a rematch? Who knows? Says, hey, the only reason you got this match is because I wasn't there. And, Asuka, you're too afraid to face me, so suck it. And then Asuka and Rhea have a rematch. And then Charlotte attacks them both. And it just it feels like we're on a treadmill. Now, I think Charlotte's a great professional wrestler. But I want new story. We were exactly where we were a year ago with heading towards a triple threat at a show right after Mania for the women's title. Two of the combatants are Rhea and Charlotte. I hope it turns out better this year. Although, I mean, it didn't turn out badly. We got the Eos Shirai title run out of it, but... 
it just feels like we're stuck. We're not getting anywhere in wrestling right now. And so Charlotte returning is a big kind of bleh, moment in this weekend. Number two most disappointing thing on WrestleMania weekend is Ding Dong Hello, it's Bailey. Now, that is not any fault of Bailey's. I love Bailey. I love the Ding Dong Hello show. I love her gimmick right now. None of this is Bailey's fault. But why the hell didn't Bailey wrestle anywhere on this show? And, or why wasn't she used for something big and, and, and great? On night one, she just annoyed Titus and Hulk Hogan all night long. And occasionally Michael Cole, which is always fun. But it's not exactly what, what we want to see. On night two, she did more of the same. But at the end, she came out when they're doing the typical spot where they come out and announce the crowd total, which they did not do this year because they can't lie and say there's 180,000 people in there because we all know good and well there's like 22, 23,000. But she comes out and she she talks down to Hogan, which I approve of, and Titus, which you should not do. And, and they're very clearly set up for somebody to come out and attack her, and everyone's just waiting to hear. And instead, what we got was... And I got no problem with the Bellas. I don't. They looked great. They, they deserve their Hall of Fame induction. They came out here, and that's fine. Uh, however, I have a problem with these two now-retired Hall of Fame moms throwing Bailey seriously halfway down this ramp. And I know the ramp was slick, and we saw Mandy slip and fall. But it made Bailey look terrible. We didn't get the Becky return, which was just disappointing more than anything. I, I, it's just another case of the old guys show up and beat up the young guys, except now it's girls and hooray for equality. But at the same time, I would rather they just remove it from all of wrestling and, 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 you know, it just, it is what it is. I wanted Becky to show up and the Bellas showed up and, and it's, it's Rey Mysterio at the end of the 2014 rumble. It's all it is. Uh, It's not unforgivable. It's just disappointing, but yeah. So, number two is uh, most disappointing, Becky, Bailey, and the Bellas. But the most disappointing thing, I think, of the entire week was Rhea and Asuka. Not the finish, not that Rhea won the title. I'm, I'm cool with all of that. But it just seems like these two could not get on the same page Sunday night or Monday night. Both their matches were ho-hum, so-so, or kind of botchy. And that's no good. And you got to ask, what's the problem here? Well, if you ask my dear friend Philium, he would say the problem is Asuka. Uh, running joke at, at WrestleMania 36, 36, 35. My God, it's been two years. At 35 was that all three women in the main event were better than Asuka. Because Charlotte had beaten Asuka to get in that match. And Ronda had beaten Charlotte. And then Becky beat Ronda and Charlotte. So they're clearly all better than Oscar, right? Well, I wanted to sit down and prove that mathematically. So let's look at three matches. Charlotte and Rhea from last year. Pretty good match. And, you know, even with Charlotte winning, it's remembered pretty fondly. Except for that part. Rhea and Oscar this past Sunday... Not so great. Kind of mediocre at best. Kind of botchy in other parts. 
And then at WrestleMania 34, Charlotte and Asuka, also not that great. Kind of long, kind of boring, and Charlotte won. So if we look at the common factor here, it looks like Asuka may indeed be the problem. And why is that? What's the problem with Asuka that she can't have a good match with Charlotte or Rhea? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and speculate that. I'm not a fucking wrestler. All I know is that Asuka's title reign has been kind of marred by some ho-hum, kind of boring matches, and now we move on. Unfortunately, we're moving on, as I said before, to Charlotte, Rhea, and Asuka at WrestleMania Backlash, and, um, hell, I don't know. Maybe Charlotte wins the title back. Maybe Rhea has a really good section of match with Charlotte. I just want to see Rhea go and have a run, and I want to see her take on everybody. Um, one thing I want to add here, because as I said before, <clears throat> disappointing does not mean bad. Disappointing things were not all terrible, but there was one terrible thing <laughs> at WrestleMania and I want to talk about it and where it's leading and just, it's a perfect example of how WWE takes a good thing and murders it dead. And that's the fiend Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this to light. Let's look back. God, has it been three years ago? Was it 2018? It had been 2018 when the Funhouse started. And and we got to uh, we we got to the Firefly Funhouse. Sorry, I heard something in the background threw me off. We got to the Firefly Funhouse, all these creepy vignettes, and then it was a kid's show, a completely demented, horrifying kid's show along the lines of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, and things on Adult Swim, and it was so cool. And then The Fiend lost by disqualification. There was a no contest in a Hell in a Cell match. And then The Fiend lost to Goldberg. Shut the fuck up, Kay. And then The Fiend and John Cena had the Firefly Funhouse match. And then The Fiend started haunting John Cena. And The Fiend started haunting Randy Orton. And he possessed Alexa Bliss. And oh my god, did this get stupid. In the past six six months? has been six months. However long Randy Orton and Bray have been feuding. It seems like 25 years at this point. It's gotten stupid and stupid and stupider. Ray Mysteri- Mysterio. Ray magically grew his eye back, which is also stupid. Someone reminded me of that this week. I think it was Jackie. Reminded me that Ray, is, you know, does Ray have his eye back? And I was like, yeah, I guess he does. Um, that's stupid too, but it's not what I was talking about. Randy Orton got set on fire, was really burned for a week, and then was fine the week after that. Then he set Bray Wyatt on fire and burned him to a crisp. He was dead and gone. Well, then Alexa starts channeling her powers, which we'll get to in a second. Randy Orton starts vomiting motor oil half the time. We eventually get around to this match where the Fiend, Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton, the Fiend bursts through the bottom. He's all Freddy Kruegerified. And then at WrestleMania, he just heals himself like he's Jason Voorhees. So pick one. Are you Freddy? Are you Jason? You're neither one because they both kill you. You're a horrible movie monster. But also, why the hell even build the burned fiend if we're just going to heal him before his first match? 
And then we get to the match. And where, how does The Fiend have his special WrestleMania entrance? And a giant jack-in-the-box. And Alexa Bliss, she turns she turns Bray's crank. I know what I said. Uh, and he pops up. I know what I said. And he, he has a match with Randy Orton. That is okay. It, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing great about it. He's about to win. And then Alexa comes out of the box. No longer a 12-year-old. Now she's this gothic princess. And she's sitting there with a crown and whatnot. And she suddenly starts to bleed the black goo of death. She's turning into venom, maybe. Who knows? But... Bray's like, huh, that's weird. And then he gets RKO'd out of nowhere, and he loses. And then Randy is just free of the Fiend's control because he was fighting for a world title shot the next night. Fine, we'll move on from there. But then we move on, Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend, the guy in the sweater, he's back in the fun house, the puppets are alive, everyone's happy, except for the doll, she hates Alexa, but that's fine. And then Alexa, she's still her Fiend form? Is it Fiend form Alexa, I guess? Who knows? But now she's got a new friend, Lily, who's one of these ugly dolls. Uh, I think they call them Fugglers. Google Fugglers. See if, see if it's an ugly doll-looking thing. But she calls it Lily, and I think, oh, are we do is, is it supposed to, she's possessed by the demonic angel Lilith, the, the first being in some thing I heard on True Blood once? I don't and I know Lilith is a, is a real thing for people, and I don't want to insult anyone's actual belief system. But Lily the monster doll... Comes to life and bites the screen. And now Alexa has her own Bray Wyatt rap thing that happens at the end of her segments. And holy shit is all this dumb. Did you catch all that? Because I'm not saying it again. I hate all of it. I loved the feed when he started out. I hate all of this. I hate it all. I hate all of it. Jesus. I didn't mean to go on that rant. But it's, but I'm back. And, and it's been a while since I've been able to do fun little rants like that. Uh, I have missed it. It feels pretty good, I'll be honest with you. But let's talk about the three best things at WrestleMania. And I have honorable mentions because I, I, I break my own rules sometimes. The two honorable mention matches of this week that haven't already been named somewhere on here are KO and Sammy. Uh, there's a chant that I hate called Fight Forever, Fight Forever. But if Sammy and Kevin want to fight forever with intermittent breaks of about a year, I'm okay with that. These two... Beat the shit out of each other. They know each other so well that everything is smooth. Kevin Owens kept teasing that damn pop-up, not pop-up, uh, stuff pile driver, which they knew they weren't going to hit. So good. And he won with the Stone Cold Stutter. I approve of that. Uh, the only real hindrance was freaking Logan Paul, who was there. But he got in the ring, too. He got a Stone Cold Stutter. I mean, just, I mean, Kevin channeled a lot of Stone Cold there. Logan raised his hand in victory. <clears throat> He looked at his hand as if the touch from this miscreant was, was burning his flesh. He hit him with a stunner. Logan took a bad bump, but not the worst bump. I mean, he's not Linda McMahon bad at it. Uh, he rolled forward, which you should not roll forward. You should pop up backwards, a la The Rock. But I'm going to let that go. Uh, this match was really good. Uh, the other honorable mention is Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, which I... I it hurt me to put that one out of the top three, but the top three I got are the top three. Um, but Raquel and Io put on a clinic. And if you told me six months ago that, oh, Raquel Gonzalez is going to win the women's title, she's going to main event, stand and deliver night one, and put on a hell of a show, I would have said, you're wrong. 
Um, no, it was they did a beautiful match. EO jumped off the big skull over the entrance. Raquel powered out of every one of the technical and speedy moves that EO did and eventually hit a one-armed powerbomb on the outside, carried EO back in the ring, hit a one-armed powerbomb on the inside, and won the women's title. I think big things coming from from EO, uh, from uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I think EO might be headed for SmackDown, maybe. Um, I'm curious to see where we go with Dakota Kai after this because she got ejected early in the match and Raquel did this on her own. Um, it's very good. <clears throat> if you can watch two matches from night one of State of Deliver, watch this one and the other one that's on this list. But let's go with number three. The third best thing in all of WrestleMania weekend was the triple threat match for the Universal title, Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. One of the great things about this is going into it, I had no idea who was going to win. And apparently Rick and Zach did. They knew all along. But I really could have seen either or any of these three men winning this title. And Edge was clearly the beloved star by the fans. They wanted Edge to win. Um, they did tons of amazing stuff here. Daniel Bryan got his kicks in. He got he got his knee in. Um, he got the yes chant in. But there were people booing Daniel Bryan when it looked like he might put Edge away. Roman Reigns did his all of his powerhouse everything. He hit, he hit his spears. There's a huge Superman punch to Edge at one point. Looked like he might have been 12 feet off the ground. Powerbomb Daniel Bryan through an announce table, but as soon as he turned around, he took a beautiful spear off the ring steps he was standing on to the floor. Uh, Edge, as much as I've said, oh, Edge looks old, Edge lost his step, not here. Edge was in the main event of WrestleMania, and he knew it. Um, he he hit a big spear in Daniel Bryan that my finish was set up, ready to go. But it just it didn't happen. Um, he set up a concerto for Bryan. He hit that one. Before he could hit it on Roman, Jay came in, gave him the super kick. He he took out Jay, but Roman hit him with a spear, hit him with a concerto, stacked up both bodies, and Roman Reigns pinned both dudes. It was a um, dominant performance by Roman Reigns. It was the best choice. Neither world title changed hands at this WrestleMania. And I thought, oh, when's the last time that happened? And I was there. It was 34 when AJ retained and uh, Brock Lesnar retained. Eh, such is life. Um... No, it was so good. And Roman continues his reign of dominance. The only question is, who's next for Roman Reigns? I kind of hope it's Big E. I could see it being... they could. I could see them forcing other people out there, but Big E did lose the IC title to... Um, what's his face? Uh, ah, hell. Apollo Crews. That's what his name is. In that Nigerian drum fight, which just turned out to be a hardcore match with drums around the ring. Uh, not even Nigerian drums. There was a gong out there. But we're just going to let that go. It was fine. Um, second best thing in all of WrestleMania weekend, and it hurts me not to put this at number one. I have tried to put this at number one because this was the thing I thought would be the best thing all weekend long. I wanted this to be the best, and damn it, it I just can't in good conscience do it. But the second best thing all of WrestleMania week is Valter versus Ciampa. First night of standing deliver, this was exactly what I wanted. It was two hosses tearing chunks off of each other. But there was a story and technical elements to it too. Ciampa knew immediately, if I don't if I get chopped, I am screwed. And so he began to work the hand of Walter. He did the joint manipulations. He did the finger breaks. He was trying to make sure Walter could not chop him to death. And he did a good job of it for most of the match. He hit the end of days. He hit the Willow's Bell. Not the end of days. The fairy tale's over. 
the daydream, whatever the his name his his move. He hit both of his moves, but Volter kicked out. He hit an avalanche air raid crash on Volter from the top rope and could not put Volter down. And then when Volter got to his feet, he hit the elbow to the back of the head, and with one amazing chop from his damaged hand, he put Chopper down. He pinned him and he retained the UK title. I hope he retains it for another year. I will go to take over next year and I want to see Falter lose it then. But God, this match was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was exactly what I wanted it to be and it was not the best thing in the week. I can't say it is because there's one better. The match of the week. All of WrestleMania week has to go to Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Number one, easy choice. I have tried all the reasoning I can think of to make Walter and Ciampa number one, but Banks and Bianca are clearly number one. This match is from the beginning. I mean, Bianca Belair comes out and she is vibrating with excitement. She knows the significance of the match. She is about to main event night one of WrestleMania. Not just that. She and another black woman are about to main event WrestleMania. They are going to make history. And she is so excited that when Sasha comes out, Sasha catches her out. She knows Sasha decided too. She gives her just a little head nod to acknowledge, yes, this is a big moment. <laughs> I think, though, also to say, get your head in the game. We got to do this right. And they did it right. The story of the match was Bianca's hair. Every big power move she went for, Sasha, like a seasoned veteran, like Okada, who maintains risk control all through a match, kept control of Bianca's braid. Wherever Bianca went, she had a hold of it, and, and it almost always worked to her advantage. There were two times it didn't. The first, Bianca pulled her into the post, and she slammed in the post. She went down, and Bianca picked up Sasha. Now, Sasha is probably only 110, 115 pounds. But Bianca Belair deadlifted this woman over her head in full flex, climbed up four stairs. I have trouble climbing four stairs with my own weight, with my own body, not flexing my arms. Bianca Belair just hoisted up this woman and said, now we're going up these stairs. She chucked her into the ring. And at the end, Sasha, she goes for the KOD. Sasha grabs that braid to stop her one more time. And then Bianca grabs the braid, pulls away. Whips the ever-loving hell out of Sasha Banks. Leaves a welt six inches long on her belly. And hits her with the KOD. And Bianca Belair is your SmackDown Women's Champion. My God, this match was probably perfection. I can't think of a whole lot else. Aside from the freaking announcer, Michael Cole screwed up the finish. Aside from that, it is beautiful. And then... Afterward, it meant you can see how much it meant to Bianca. You see her backstage with uh, with Montez Ford, and he is hoisting around. He is carrying her around triumphant. She's a bigger star than he'll ever be. Let's just be honest there. If there's another shot though, she she's being taken to um, I think to the watch along, and she's sitting in the back of this golf cart and she's holding the title. You can hear her say, "It's a dream, it's a dream, it's a dream," and then you just hear her start praising God. She is calling out prayers to God and thanking him for everything that she's just done and getting her to where she is. And I'm not, I, I'm always skeptical of, of um, celebrities and, and, and athletes 
praising God for their wins because I always have this idea that maybe God has more important things to do than watch your sport game. But Bianca is 100% sincere. She's not thanking him for the win. She's thanking him for her life and get, and getting her to where she was. And I'm, I'm cool with that. As was a beautiful thing, uh, Bianca is going to be on top of this game for a while, top of the world for a while. I hope she holds this title till next WrestleMania and then maybe more after that. It's such a good thing. I can't in good conscience say it's not the best thing that happened this week because it clearly, clearly was. And that's going to bring us to the end of this delight show. Uh, I was worried about doing a 30-minute show by myself because I haven't been able to in a while. Uh, But no, we got there. 30 minutes. I'm excited. Uh, thank you all for being a part of it. You can check me out on Twitter at MN underscore Delight. Check out all of Wrestle Like Radio at Addict underscore Wrestle. Uh, check out the Young Lions Perspective, Fretzelmania, the King of the Rings podcast. Check us out on Patreon.com slash Wrestle Like Radio. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.